the Wrong Side of the Red Line Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. And the podcast has officially lasted into 2017. Somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. Um, didn't require divine intervention. No, it didn't. Very impressed. Um, we're bragging about ourselves right now, but if anyone realized how much we didn't actually believe this would make it past the first conversation, without that backstory, you wouldn't realize how impressive it was that this actually <laughs> became a weekly project. We did it. We did it. Now, we have a uh, hockey team to talk about that actually won three straight games for the first time this season since uh, since our last podcast. They won three in a row. They had a five-game point streak. It was all pretty good. And then 2016 came to an end with a loss to the Florida Panthers. And... Do we ignore the loss, Ryan, and, and look at the good from the three-game winning streak, or how do we how do we handle that right now? Hey, you know, all good things have to come to an end, I guess. So, I mean, you can't really ignore it because the Florida Panthers are kind of a mess. But at the same time, I don't. It's not. I feel like for the most part of 2016, this team was take a step forward, take two steps back. So at least now we're looking at the team taking two or three steps forward before they took a step back this time. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, and a big test, obviously, this week coming, uh, coming uh, on Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens, who are a good hockey team, better than the Florida Panthers. And <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. And, uh, hey, the Panthers do have the second-leading scorer of all time. That's true. And and to be fair, the Stars made him look like he was 35 yesterday. <laughs> not not going to go back to early 90s Yager where he was scoring at an incredible pace, but they made him look like 35-year-old Yager on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so it'll be a tough week this week too. It will be. Not just the Habs, but St. Louis as well. A light week. Light week, which is... Timing's perfect for it, considering uh, the news out of yesterday's practice being uh, Jamie Benn uh, is dealing with a foot injury. And uh, we had a we actually spoke with Jamie Benn after practice yesterday. And Jamie Benn, who hates speaking to the media, he abhors it. And he hates even more talking about injuries. Says, tells us that he's uh, completely okay, that he's feeling okay. And he just tweaked his foot a little. And that uh, he just really doesn't, uh, he's never, he'll, he will never admit, for anyone who's ever, ever asked, he'll never admit that he's injured. He's a, A, he's, as he said himself, he's a hockey player, he wants to play every game. And B, he isn't ever going to, I, I think it kind of, I think there's some part of his mentality where it becomes a built-in excuse for, and this is me psychoanalyzing a situation I don't have an answer to, I realize, but it's something where I think it becomes, he, it becomes it's part of his mentality to always in his head be healthy, which can be good and bad because maybe it's not a bad idea to take a couple of days off and rest and, and actually uh, play at full strength. 
Oh, no, for sure. And as someone who has done their fair share of running through ailments that I probably shouldn't have run through because I'm afraid that if I stop running, then I'll just stop running. Even, I mean, especially with your foot, like that screws up. If you have something wrong with your foot, it screws up how you walk and you don't even think about it, but it screws up everything else with your walking mechanics and it can lead to a lot worse problems. And then all of a sudden, two months down the line, oh man, my knee hurts. Wonder what's going on with that. Yeah. So, I mean, at least didn't practice on Monday. We're recording this before practice on Tuesday. It'd probably be smart for him to not practice on Tuesday because I have an idea. I have a feeling that no matter what they say, he's still going to play Wednesday night. Um, and it goes back to the overall, the overlooping question for this season of what's wrong with Jamie Ben. And if you were to look at from the peripherals and you were to look at the stats and you weren't to watch this team every night, you'd say, well, his stats are there. He's getting, he must not be that bad. Well, he doesn't look like Jamie Ben of the past couple years. And I think, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would disagree with that after watching a couple games. Right. What did God go back to the end of 2014, 15, when he won the art Ross, what did he have over his last, like he had like 35 points over his last 20 games or something like that. Yeah, was, I, don't, I might be overstating that slightly, but it was something obnoxious like that. So we're talking about a guy who is capable of when he's in a zone of completely dominating and taking over a game. And I can probably count on one or maybe two hands the times that I have seen that Jamie Ben so far this season. And I mean, it speaks volumes that he's still putting up numbers when he hasn't been that same dominating presence. But at the same time, this is a team that needs last year's Jamie Ben, especially a guy who's completely healthy. Well, especially with they needed last year's Jamie Ben from the beginning with all the injuries and the depth. Oh no! What happened? My banana. <laughs> yes, okay, we we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good. Ah, uh, there's a hair on it now. I don't want it anymore. Bananas are part of a healthy breakfast. They are. Bananas and coffee. It's a, it's an interesting combination. Nothing else there. Anywho, back to Jamie Ben's health. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's they needed him to be last year's Jamie Ben at the start of the season when injuries were really ramping up. They needed their best players to be their best players and they have not consistently been their best players. There's been stretches recently where the Spezza, uh, the Ben Spezza Sagan line's been very good, but there's times that they'll also disappear too. If you look at the uh, the game against Florida the other night, they, the Stars win three in a row when they're playing pretty well, and then they uh, they kind of disappear against Florida in the uh, in that three one loss where. Um, Patrick Eves scores the lone goal, and maybe maybe Jamie Ben just needs to take a, take a complete page out of Patrick Eves' book and not practice at all, because <laughs> Patrick Eves doesn't skate in morning skates. He skated in morning skate uh, before they went to Arizona, um, because that was the first game off a day off a three day break. But I don't think he's t- take, uh, partaken in an actual practice since mid November, and he's on. I mean, looks I got. 
I have to take a look at the pace just to double check, but I think he's pretty looking close to pretty close to career numbers for goals if he continues a certain pace. I think he's on he's on career pace for both, I believe. Yeah. So, if anything, Jamie Ben should just take the follow the Patrick Eves plan and rest and and, and let other things heal up during practice. I mean, the uh, it's not that the stars are running difficult practices, but they it's. It's they've had bad luck with practices. Cody Eakins' injury on the first was the first day of training camp in practice. Antoine Roussel, who may come back tomorrow against Montreal, injured himself in practice. So maybe better just to keep him off the ice completely until unless uh, until games. Right, that's not the worst idea. And I mean, we're not talking. It's not like Jamie Ben's a guy who's going to prove a lot through practice. Well, he's, yeah, he's a guy who's going to be in the lineup. Whether if, if he says right. if he says he's healthy enough to play, they're going to have him in the lineup either way. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Eves, career high for goals is 20. Career high for points is 32. He's at 13 and 22 right now. So he's on a he's on he's on pace there. Yes. So. That's interesting. Well, we're in first first podcast 2017. We did the 2006. We talked about 2016 and things we liked out of 2016 last week. Um, put it out on Twitter yesterday, and I'll go through some of the uh, responses, and we'll, we'll give our own today. Is kind of looking for two. You, we'll give the Twitter responses first, and then you can give. Then then we'll go over ours. Uh, looking for uh, two predictions for the calendar year 2017. Uh, for two predictions for calendar year for 2017, one for the stars, one for the Dallas Stars, and one for the NHL. Um, we got three responses on this. A um, couple good ones actually. First one, and we'll discuss each of these as we go along. Is uh, first one was the Stars leave Nachushkin unprotected in the expansion draft, and Columbus will make a run to at least the Eastern Conference Final. I okay. I agree with Columbus making that run. Um, I disagree with the I, and thanks to uh, Zach who is uh, Zwall ninety three on Twitter for that one. Um, I I agree with Columbus. I think they're. I don't know if they'll. I think they'll be a high enough seed where they won't be and they won't they won't meet Montreal until the conference final, right? Um. Yeah, because they're in separate divisions. Yeah. So unless one of them falters and ends up in a wild card, then no. So I'd be uh, I'd be on board with that um, Columbus reaching Eastern Conference Final. I don't know. See, the problem with that is the Metro is Redonk, and unless they unless Columbus wins the division, they're going to end up playing Pittsburgh or New York in the first round. Which is a not an easy. That will be a hell of a series. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be. And, you know, I mean, I'm still kind of torn about this new playoff formula that the NHL instituted when they redid the divisions a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's cool that you get all these series early. But then at the same time, you look at last year and you have Dallas and St. Louis who were 1-2 in the West or 1-3 in the West or something like it was. I don't remember if St. Louis was second or third in the West playing each other in the second round. Like, okay. Well, either way, like yeah, like you want your, shouldn't when you want your better matchups later in the playoffs. It was a hell of a series, but St. Louis Chicago felt like it should have been a conference final. Right, exactly. Like, and I'm not saying, and it's, it was, I, I and it, I, and, and here's my here's how here I'll illustrate it this way, for current sake. If the season ended right now, 
Ottawa and Boston would play each other as the two to three from the Atlantic in the second round. If we were back in the old NHL way of playing things, those two teams would be the seventh and eighth seeds, and they'd probably get their asses kicked in the first round by Columbus and Pittsburgh, respectively. And instead, one of those two teams is guaranteed to make it to the second round of the playoffs. Well, I, I also think the thing I liked about and I know it was, I think one of the reasons the NHL did it is they like the bracket. They think brackets are easier for people to understand. Right, and they they're trying to do this whole this whole fucking thing that NBC has instituted with rivalry night, and they're trying to. Man, I mean, some of these are lo- true legitimate rivalries, but they're trying to manufacture rivalries, and they're trying to do that by having them play each other a ton in the regular season, and then play within their division during the first two rounds of the playoffs. And I don't, and I don't mind the division. The thing I don't like is. I think the old format with the reseeding, the one through eight, it actually rewarded you for being the best team in the league. Exactly. It actually, I mean, now, and, that, and, and you know what? It made the Kings, think about when the Kings were the eighth seed and they won the Stanley Cup. They, they, were, they went through the reseed and they had to beat the top team available all the way through. And it made that run even yep. more impressive. It wasn't, it wasn't a lucky, it wasn't a lucky bracket, a lucky break in the bracket. It was literally... They were the eight seed. They played the best team available each time. Mm-hmm. So I like I like that you get these built-in divisional rivalries. I like that, but I'm, I'm also torn. I like the reward for for being able to for, for winning the league and, and being and, and having the chance to uh, to play the theoretical worst team left in in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I will quick side note just because I covered a little bit of D League basketball when I lived when I still lived in Austin. The it's it's better than the uh, the most cra- the craziest playoff format I've ever seen for a uh, pro sport because the D League is a pro sport. Um, in that league, the top seed gets to pick their first round opponent. Oh, and then the second seed, top three seeds get to pick their opponent. So the top seed gets to pick. Um, Anyone four through eight, the second seed gets to pick whoever's from those remaining teams. The third seed then gets to pick one of the other two, and then uh, and then the two remaining teams end up playing in a series. Interesting. And that's uh, now that's a very minor league system, I realize, but it's that's probably the <laughs> that that's probably the wackiest system I've ever seen. That's uh, so. Makes the NHL system not look too bad, even though I do. I would prefer the reseed. I, I, the more I think about it, I would prefer the reseed because I think there should be value in winning, in, in in having the best regular season record. You shouldn't have to. I mean, you look at the Stars last year. If the uh, they wouldn't have, they would have played. They still would have played Minnesota in the first round, I believe. Correct, because. Minnesota was still yeah, eight. Minnesota was one of the wild cards. Yeah, um, but then they wouldn't have played St. Louis in the second round. They would have had a. No, they would have played. I don't remember who the other. Who was San Jose versus? Who was the other team in the playoffs? Made they made the semis last year in the West. Oh, um, I don't remember who San Jose beat. Was Nashville? Wasn't it? I think they would yeah. have ended up playing Nashville then. Yeah, the and Nashville would have been. And this is revisionist history, but stars are a better matchup with Nashville than they are with St. Louis. Who knows what yeah. happens? Um, so it's it's tough. Um, and to get back to Zach's prediction for Columbus making a run at least Eastern Conference final, I can see it. I, I you know what I think. 
I think they'll obviously come to earth a little bit. They won't win. They won't lose. They won't win every game for the rest of the season. But yeah, I could see Columbus more than I could say a month and a half ago. But I'm sure we'll we'll get into that in a sec once we go through the rest of these. Yeah. Well, the uh, his other the other one there was this for the Stars was. <clears throat> The Stars leaving uh, Valerie Nichushkin unprotecting the expansion draft, and um, if they do that, I will. If they do that, I have a feeling Val Nichushkin is playing opening night for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I have a feeling mm-hmm. that I have a feeling that if the uh, if the Stars leave Nichushkin unprotected, he will be uh, he'll be selected, and then George McPhee will go over there and say, "Hey, look, we know you don't like playing for Lindy Ruff." Here we're going to give you a contract, and they'll have cap space to give it to him, and they'll get him out of his Russian contract, and he'll be back in the NHL next season mm-hmm. if he if he's left unprotected. Well, I mean, either way, I mean, was his contract in the KHL is two years, so either way, he spends another year in the KHL, and then they bring him over the year after that. Yeah, but as 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 the stars have seen with Denis Garyanov, you can get guys out of KHL contracts. True. So, um, next one from uh, Robbie. Uh, Robbie Beasley um, said the Stars are, will be awarded an outdoor game for next season. And, and Bobrovsky wins the Vezina despite Dubnik having better numbers. I like both of those. I like both. I feel like, I feel like we're starting to get, I mean, not, the, not starting to get, I feel like we're fully into fatigue of having Chicago play an outdoor game every other year. And what is their three four outdoor games a year now i feel like there's gonna be three for next season they've announced there'll yeah. be three next year so i feel like i feel like that's a safe bet and once again with bobrovsky and dubnik we'll get into that and i'll get into that in a sec with that but i think that's a good prediction i let me just put it this way a teaser i don't think devin dubnik's gonna win the vesna the um i think the stars get an outdoor game at some point but i don't think I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens in 2018. I think it's, I think, honestly, I think had they come out and had a great start to this season and been the, uh, been the hot team that everyone expected them to be, they might have been. That's a good point. I think, I think just right now, I think the interest league wide has dropped in the team from what it originally was. And I think you also have to, the other thing that people aren't going to like is in order for in order for Dallas has a Dallas has a good fan base and they and they have a strong fan base but they don't have the they don't have the the fan base that the television networks want. True. And and we have to know and you know NBC is a huge part in planning these outdoor games. So if the Stars were to hypothetically get an outdoor game or pseudo indoor game in Arlington at Cowboy at AT&T Cowboy Stadium you know who the oppo- you know who the opponent would be. Chicago. It would be Chicago. <laughs> well, see, here's my thought with this, and I, I agree with the the stars kind of pooping their pants to start the year is not going to help that. But one, it's a fresh perspective, which I think a lot of people would get behind. Two, it's in a unique environment where you're not going to have snow on the ground because it's going to be inside Jerry's World. We're assuming. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they would put it in Jerry's World because that'd be the most environmentally conducive thing to make this happen in dallas and and at&t and, st- and they end it to your point on that jerry world you can open the roof 
You can yeah. open open the roof and you can open the doors and you can get a breeze in there if you want. But if it's raining, you can close the roof. Right, exactly. So that's you don't have to worry about this shit with, oh, are we going to have to push the start of the game back because of weather, blah, blah, blah. No, just close the roof and you're good to go. That's embarrassing, and by the way. That's been embarrassing. Oh, yeah. 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 I, my favorite thing over the uh, – was back in the World Series. Not my favorite thing, but one of the funny things I saw back in the World Series when it was raining and someone was like, man – you know, it's that ever never ending war with Pocky Twitter where people are like, please watch my sport. People are so, they're so tough, blah, blah, blah. How they do those stupid comparisons. Like, yeah, so-and-so took a slap shot to the face and LeBron twisted his ankle and he couldn't even play anymore. What a baby. Someone tweeted like, man, it's raining out. These guys can't even play. The hockey players are so much tougher. And someone tweeted at the, at the guy, they literally postponed the start of the winter classic last year because it was sunny. They did it this year with the centennial classic. Uh, yeah. On New Year's Day, it was yeah, so, it was too sunny. You play, you play in. I mean, you if and this is what happens when you schedule this many outdoor games. Eventually, you're going to run into weather problems, and they have. So, and and you'd be weatherproof, and in, in in Arlington. Yeah, so. my one wish is for 2017 is hockey fans stop trying to compare their sport to other sports by saying athlete X isn't tough or athlete or game X isn't gritty or whatever because it's the stupidest thing i've ever seen and at first it was kind of funny it's like oh yeah ha 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 and now it's just stupid and every time i see one i want to smash my computer against my face repeatedly you're allowed to like other sports too you're allowed to like hockey and like other sports right i don't understand why you need why the hockey fans need this perpetual chip on their shoulder like please watch my sport people are gonna like it or they're not gonna like it you saying that you're plus it's good two completely different things taking granted taking a slap shot to the face hurts like hell but you can play a sport when your face hurts like hell after you slap a cage on you can't throw a baseball when you have a hangnail because that legitimately impacts your performance as a pitcher so let's just put let's leave that behind in 2016 with a bunch of other things anyway next <laughs> well you wanted to go into the uh the Bobrovsky dubnik Oh, let's, uh, well, that's going to be part of my two okay, okay, we'll, okay, okay. Well, we'll come, we'll come back to that then. Then the last one from the, uh, from uh, Twitter was, uh, Ruff gets an extension. Ruff, Ruff, Lindy Ruff will get an extension, and the announcement that the NHL won't go to the 2018 Olympics. That's depressing. Because I both, can both of those are depressing. That happening. Both of those are depressing. You, you think Lindy Ruff getting an extension is depressing for Lindy Ruff? Ah, Touche. <laughs> <laughs> you see with the lindy rough because if this team misses the playoffs i could legitimately see jim nail saying thanks but we're going to go in a different direction but also along the same lines with that and we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about firing coaches i don't think jim even if the stars miss the playoffs i don't think jim nail walks away from lindy rough unless he sees a clear-cut better alternative available it's the same thing. I could legitimately see him giving him a one-year extension or a two-year or a one-year extension with a club option for a second year like the Blues have been doing with Hitchcock, which seems like for the last five years now, just because he doesn't see a viable alternative out, out there. I see that if they make the playoffs. If uh, it's let's, Let me put it this way. Lindy Ruff only gets a multi-year extension. Only gets a multi-year extension in my mind if he reaches the second round of the playoffs. Fair. Uh, if if 
if this team makes the playoffs and they win a round and they reach the second round, that's how he gets them. That's how he gets a multi-year extension. If they miss the playoffs, he's. If they miss the playoffs, there's a new coach next year. If they make the playoffs and lose in the first round, that that's your gray area in my mind. That's where you look. At, you're looking at maybe a short extension. You're looking at a, at, a, at, a, at a prove it year, for lack of a better word, or you're looking at the. Uh, or you're looking at him, or you're looking at the stars, saying, "You know what? We need we need another direction. We need another coach." I think. I, I think in order to I think to secure his job, in my mind, 100 percent is he needs to win a playoff series this year. That's he has to do that in order to in order for him to know that for him to feel confident when the season comes to an end, whether whatever day that is for him to feel confident that he doesn't have to sell his house in Dallas is he has to, he has to win a playoff series. That's fair. And then we have the, uh, and we can, we can talk, I mean, there's going to be other coaches available. Um, I mean, personally, and this is just, and this is the, someone put, someone made a, this is a, this is a trade that, Someone threw the idea out there because Lindy Ruff coached his uh, 1,449th career game, I believe, the other night, tying him for fourth all-time um, in coaching. And he's the only coach in the top four, by the way, that's never won a Stanley Cup. Um, someone, a Buffalo fan, tweeted at me saying, can we just trade coaches? There you go. And you know what? I think Dan Ballsmill would be a great fit in Dallas. <laughs> I agree. I think he, I think he knows how to coach. I think he knows how to coach uh, coach superstar players. He knows how to work with younger players, and and I'm getting way ahead of myself right now. I realize that, but right, just just a ran- that's just a random musing. I think he'd be a much better fit for Dallas than he is for Buffalo. I agree because he's a guy who, right from the get go in his NHL career, was coaching a team that was constructed and built to win. Mm-hmm. And then having to go there last year to what they were trying to do with their tank job, and then hey, that's people call people calling for Bilesman's job right now. You're like, no, that, that, I get I get it, but I also don't get it because you're forgetting that Buffalo was the worst team in the league last year. Yeah, like you can't just go from worst team in the league to playoffs in one year, especially considering how the rest of the East has also improved. Another name out there that I just want to think. Just speaking of the East, a guy who will be looking for a job is Gerard Gallant. Would you hire? No. Okay, hard no. Okay, I'm just throwing the no, name. Mostly just because I don't like his. I don't like his the style that he runs. I hate that defensive trap style and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing out names that if you were going to say these are the coaches available. That I mean, are. I think it'd be an interesting fit because. I could legitimately help this team defensively, but I also just like, I don't, I like the stars having a, and that was, Oh, that was the one point that I was trying to make that I forgot about, about the outdoor game is the stars have developed the reputation around the league. The last couple of years as being exciting to watch, Mm -hmm. even if you don't really care about Dallas, I feel like it's, I mean, you don't see it as much this. I mean, I also don't have cable, so I don't watch as much NHL network, NBC post game show or whatever. Mm -hmm as I used to, but there was a lot of talk about Dallas being a really exciting, fun team to watch. And even if they're going to lose, they're going to lose in an exciting way. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be helpful for an outdoor game too. And with Gerard Gallant, I feel like 
this team doesn't become that anymore. It's well, more so uh, by the books. We have guys who can score, but we're going to make defending our number one priority, which I mean might be a legitimate way to go, but I just, I hate that style of hockey. Oh, I was I wasn't calling for him to be hired. I was just oh, I, I, I was I, I was just I was just I throwing names throwing names out there who would be available hypothetically. And, and I know I know for a fact that if the Stars decide to move on from Lindy Ruff, that he's going to be a name that's out there just because that he was a guy who led the Panthers to a division title last year, mm-hmm. and he's a free agent coach. I yeah. mean, it's a na- it's a natural connection to make, mm-hmm. but that would be that's just I don't want that to happen. Getting back to uh, Alex Bruner, who is a Dallas Stars fan on Twitter, who threw out the rough extension. Uh, also, NHL and he, he's predicting the NHL won't go to the 2018 Olympics. What do you think of that? This is see, this is almost not worth debating because this was the same thing in 2014. Is everyone said they weren't going to go, and then they decided to go at the last minute, and. I think there's a lot more of a realistic chance that they don't go this year or in 2018 just because of the market. I mean, not the market, but you know, the game times are going to be a lot more wonky. It's not, it's not going, it's not going to promote the NHL. That's the, right. I think it'd be, I mean, I think it would be great for them to go because you're talking about that East Asian market. Mm-hmm. that I'm sure Gary Bettman desperately wants to get into because it's very malleable. Like you've seen what the NBA's done there. Yeah. And I mean, China has a hockey team now. They have a team in the KHL. I think it would be in granted South Korea is not China and, but it's, you know, it's kind of the same area. It would be a good opportunity for the game, but you're also talking about the owners hating this whole thing, stopping the season for two and a half weeks in the middle of the season. You're talking about the, that there's very little financial incentive for the NHL to do this as in terms of anything other than just maybe growing the game. And I mean, we saw it a lot with the world cup this year. It's unnecessary risk. So some owners will see it. And by some owners, I mean, probably all owners see it as an unnecessary risk for their players because they're still playing competitive hockey and they're probably playing. They're playing just as hard, if not harder, than they would in an NHL regular season game to try to win these games just because of what's at stake. So there's a high risk for injury and for something that's not going to benefit the NHL team. Yeah, and you could say the... uh, I have a couple... Just ask you how they feel about it. Didn't Tavares blow out his knee in 2014 there? Yeah, I have a couple thoughts on it. I mean, it's the... The most... uh, there's, I, I see the owner's perspective. I see the, I see the fact. I, I see how. I see the argument that it doesn't grow the NHL. There's, they're already looking at their own mistake this year of condensing the season because of because of the World Cup. You don't want to, and the injuries have been rampant this year because they condense. If they can condense the season for the Olympics, they'll miss it for. They'll probably they'll have to condense the season for the Olympics. I know. It, they don't have an all-star game, but it's typically in, in an Olympic year, but it still creates a condensed season. Now, my counterpoint, and if, and whether it's whether it's a uh, whether it's the NHL going over there or him saying him going over himself, and I'm not talking about the Russians, I'm talking about a guy like Anze Kopitar for Slovenia. For mm. he is the face of hockey in that country. I mean, he literally he was before the world cup he went over and played in the uh, 
in the Olympic qualifying tournament. So that Slovenia won, so they got into the Olympics. Where you're talking about how it doesn't, the 2018 Olympics wouldn't promote the NHL, but it promotes the game overall if a guy like that's going over there and playing there. Now, Canada and Canada and the United States can send an entire team of AHL players and it wouldn't it's not going to impact the game one way or the other. But I think when you look at Russia and Sweden too, Finland, yeah. they got enough guys playing in Russian, Finnish, Swedish, European leagues that they could field a pretty decent team as well. But yeah, but I think yeah, I, but I think you you look at the health of hockey overall as a sport and you want you want the che- you want the Czech Republic to look and see. You, you want the you want the Czech Republic to have their best players playing. You want the you you want the uh, I, I don't look at the whole. I don't know. I don't have the whole teams qualified in front of me. But for uh, for Germany, for example, I don't know if Germany's in the Olympics or not for hockey. But if they are, um, you want Leon Draisaitl playing. You want it to be able to grow the game in those other sports in those other parts of the world. And that's mm-hmm. what I think. That's that's this gets to a really tough gray area because it doesn't make the NHL. It doesn't help the NHL grow its brand, but it helps grow hockey as a brand. When right. you have when you have Anze Kopitar playing for Slovenia and in helping that country and, and everyone, and then all of a sudden maybe five or six kids in Slovenia try try start skating right. the next week. Well, and you look at just look at World Juniors this week for this. Look at the steps that the Swiss Junior team has made the last couple of years. They've looked good as hell this tournament. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't say that a couple of years ago. And you could legitimately argue that the Swiss participating in the Olympics with their best players has caused an uptick in hockey participation among young teenage players, which is what we're, see- you know, we're seeing now is the fruits of that are starting to pay dividends for them. I mean, you think about they, played, they were tough as hell last night. And the Swiss, you think about two. Uh, what was it? Two thousand was it the two thousand ten Olympics where they were they so. where they beat Canada or they or they they almost beat Canada? I mean, I think so. Yeah, they took them down to the wire. It was. was a, it? I think. I think it was. I think it was. It was a one nothing game or something like that. Um, but I, but those are the those are the type of impacts that you don't. I don't think you get. Canada and the United States will be okay if you send AHL players. You send depth players. Fine, whatever. But mm-hmm. those those other countries where you want to continue to grow the game, you want to have you want you want to have the best players playing over there. Agreed. Oh, I don't I don't know the way to make it work. I mean, on one hand, you could say you know what we're gonna we're not gonna go. The NHL could say we're not gonna go to the Olympics, and but we're gonna but we're going to have a but we're going to allow if players if players elect to go they'll be if a player elects to go they'll be allowed to go. Yeah. I, I, you could have some system like that, but then it gets wonky with I don't know who pays for insurance and stuff like that. But right, like like I don't know, I don't know what his contract details are. But I think go back to Kopitar, where I'm sure if he went to the Kings and said, "Hey, um, I'm going to go play for Slovenia in the Olympics," it's not like they're going to say, "Yeah, we're going to void your contract." They're not going to do right. that. <laughs> I mean, that's probably not a bad. That's probably not a good example because if he starts to suck over the next year and a half, I bet you, I bet you anything that uh, Team Lombardi will find a way to avoid that contract. Paging Mike Richards. Well, you, you could, yeah. Well, let's uh, um, let's get real quick. We're going into ours now. Yes. Uh, in 2010, Switzerland lost to the U.S. three to one, and then lost to Canada in the shootout. So, okay. yes, that was 2010. Yeah, but it was a game. Uh, it was a game that helped. It was it. 
it helped to grow the game. I mean, and then you could say the same yeah. thing right now where I know Denmark lost to Russia yesterday in World Junior, but that's got to be, I mean, that for them to, to do what they did in the tournament this year, that's got to be exciting. Mm-hmm. That, that grows the sport. So Right, and you're looking at, I mean, you got, there's some pretty talented Danish players in the NHL right now, and they're, that necessarily hasn't, I mean, it's an uptick. Like, Nick Ehlers is potentially the future face of Danish hockey. Mm-hmm. You need him playing in the Olympics. I mean, I don't even know if they're in the Olympics. They'd be in the Olympics in 2018, but you you just need your best players there. It's more important for the smaller countries than it would be for Completely. Canada, U.S., Russia. Yeah, completely. I don't know. Maybe if there's some system where you can make it work where the NHL doesn't take two weeks off and you players have the option to go. I, I, there's there's some way to make it work, um, but I, right. I I think my my biggest point is you need to have a way where the smaller countries can have their best players and the sport can continue to grow. Or maybe you start the season in the middle of September. I don't know how I don't know how people would feel about that, but then that way you're not condensing the schedule as much. Yeah, I mean, over in uh, over in Europe they they start preseason in August sometimes. So. Yeah, so. Anyway, I don't get paid enough to think about those decisions, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I don't get paid at all. But yeah. <laughs> our predictions. All right. Um, for me, stars wise, oh man, this is a tough one. But I'm going to go bold, and I'm going to say the stars make it into the top three in the central by top, the end of the season. Top three. Top three. That's and. It. The reason I think this is going to happen is my NHL prediction overall is that both Columbus and Minnesota end up as wild card teams this year. Okay, that's a. Uh... And my reasoning for this is currently, it's not all goaltending, but with Minnesota, we'll start with goaltending. Devin Dubnik is playing way the hell over his head right now. You could argue he's, granted, been, he's been doing that for eight for two years now, though. Um, he wasn't that. He was okay last. He That's, was good last year. Yeah. And when he came, and maybe it's a Minnesota system thing because he's been really, really good since he came into Minis, to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But I find it hard to believe that at thirty years old, Devin Dubnik has found a second leg or a second wind into posting career numbers. His safe percentage right now is. 24 points higher than his career save percent. He's a 941 save percent right now. That's like best goalie in the world territory. Well, he's he's 31, right? He's 30. He's 30. Okay. You can argue a goalie hits their prime at 30. I see. I don't see that. We're talking about a guy who twice before this year has had a nine, a save percentage of 920 or better twice. And he's been in the NHL since 2009. I just I don't see how he continues to play at this pace, and I mean even if he falls down to nine twenty five, that's still a hell of a year that will get him Vesna consideration. And by Vesna consideration, I mean he'd probably finish top two or three. But if he falls down even to nine twenty five, Minnesota's screwed. Not screwed, but I mean they're not going to be playing at the same pace that they are right now. That's my whole thing with it. You look at, but we'll go to, I mean, I think Columbus is in a lot better spot than they were say two months ago because their, their overall game has legitimately improved a lot. But last year 
you know what PDO is, right? Yes, I know what PDO combined, is. Okay, combined yeah. save and shooting percentage for those of our listeners who don't know that. Last what, year, I don't, I, what does it stand for? I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> I don't know what it stands for off the top of my head. Last year, the Rangers had the highest PDO in the league at 102.4. PDO is, year, PD, PDO is essentially the luck factor. Whether Right. This year, both Minnesota and Columbus have a PDO over 103, which is rather unsustainable. Minnesota as a whole at 5-on-5 five five has a 48% Corsi percentage. And the, So the only reason right now they're playing as well as they are is because Devin Dubnik is playing so far out of his mind right now that his eyes have literally rolled into the back of his head and he is just a deity standing in net. That is Devin Dubnik right now. And unless he continues to do that for the rest of the season, I think Minnesota has a very rough second half and they back into the playoffs. Uh, and with Columbus, I think that I don't think that their crash is going to be as pronounced, but I think they will come down to earth a little bit. And just with how tough the Metro is, I think that's enough to knock them down into the wild card. I think Columbus stays in the top three. I can, I can see your point about Minnesota. I think, I think Dubnik can continue to play that well. I don't know. I just don't see enough with that. Uh, the guy who surprises me more with Minnesota is the fact that I don't see, I don't see Stahl continuing to play like he's yes, six that's years. True like as well. he's playing like he's five years younger. I don't know if the, how long. I don't know how well, how long that continues. And I heard someone bring this up uh, a couple of like a week ago when I was I was in, I think it was the Merrick Wyshynski podcast. I think it was. Dmitry Filipovich they had on and he mentioned the magical Bruce Boudreaux magic ninja dust factor mm-hmm. so I mean maybe maybe that's a real thing that happened because I mean he, he did wonders with Anaheim even though they weren't necessarily a fantastic possession team so I don't know maybe he keeps that going that way I just don't I'm going to play the percentages on this one so we will see what happens with that your turn. My turn. For my 2000, since this is 2000, all of 2017, my 2017 prediction is that on, uh, on opening night of the 2017-18 season, um, Julius Honka will be your second, will be, uh, be on the NHL roster. Okay. And I think, A, it's my opinion he's ready for that role. And B, I think the stars you'd like to think can hopefully finally learn from all of this season and make that happen in the off season. Yeah, well, you're talking that Johnny Adu is probably out after this year, if not sooner, mm-hmm. just because of his contract status and the fact that I could legitimate. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Jim Hill goes the same route that he did last season and says, "Okay, thank you for your service, Johnny," but. We're going to try to go younger on defense. Yeah. Or we have enough in our system right now where we can't, we have to go younger on defense. They, they have to. And yeah. So I think that's a fair bet. On the NA, on the NA, I, yeah. What's, what's his contract status? Is he, is he even going to be waiver eligible next year? He will, uh, he will still be a waiver eligible next year. Cause he, okay. he won't have played, uh, let next year will be the final year. He's waiver eligible. Gotcha. Uh, because he won't he won't hit the games played aspect, but his but contract status next after next season he'll be uh, he'll be he'll so the 2018-19 season Julius Honka will have to go through waivers if he was to be sent down. Now I don't I don't I don't I, 
I don't foresee that ever happening once he reaches that level because um, the, by that point he's going to be good to go. Yeah. The other, uh, the other for my NHL for for the league prediction, I I have, and this is just this is more hopeful than anything, and I know it's going to be wrong, but I'd like them to. But I'm going to predict this just so I can kind of have it on the record when it happens. <laughs> is I want them to go to ten minutes of three on three overtime. Hell yes. I it's it's been. I was I, I did a story a couple weeks ago on three on three overtime and how some of the teams that are successful at three on three, and the ones that are that are successful at three on three, some of the ones that are doing it, they're not exciting because they suck everything out of the game. Mm-hmm. You, you look at how the Kings play overtime. You look at how the Flyers play overtime. Teams that have been good in overtime, they don't take chances. They are still content with going to the shootout. Mm-hmm. If you play for three, if you play for ten minutes of three on three, all of a sudden there's not you're not gonna. You're not. You're not going to have. A, you're not going to be able to hold off and save for the shootout for ten minutes, because mm-hmm. a you won't be able to keep your if if you're going to you won't be able to keep your best players out there for all ten minutes. B mm-hmm. it's just naturally there's going to be too many traded chances. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think it'll happen. But I'm making the prediction. It is a prediction because I want it to happen that the NHL yeah. will go and double overtime from five minutes to ten minutes at three on three, and over the course of the season it adds. It makes I, – I do this, and I don't know how many other people do this at home. It, I'll flip to with, uh, with, with using the NHL package, NHL TV. If a game's going to overtime right now, I'll flip to it to watch three-on-three. Three. Oh, hell yeah. And some, sure. And sometimes if you see it's late, if, sometimes if you see it and it come up and you know it's only five minutes, sometimes it's like, ah, I might not flip over. It might, not, it might be halfway over already. If it's ten right. minutes, if it's ten minutes long, I'm, I'm for sure. I'm for sure flipping over to. Yeah, I mean, you know what I want to see? I want to see the NHL adopt a three point system: three points for regulation overtime win, two points for a shootout win, one point for shootout overtime loss. I would love to see that. That would be because then that that eliminates a lot of these loser point problems that we have right now. It doesn't completely get rid of the loser point, but it also minimizes the impact of it a little bit. It's look at how it's. I mean, take a look if, you, if anyone wants an idea of how well the three point system works. Take a look at the international play. Like, look at the World Junior. Mm-hmm. It, it works well. It it rewards teams for for winning. It rewards. I mean, I think it's it, it's a good system. Other prediction, which I think will happen actually, <laughs> is and this is back to stars. And I'll just make this as a bonus one is. Patrick Nemeth is getting traded sometime sooner than later. Um, Patrick Fair. Patrick Nemeth will be a member of another team. And personally, I hope it. I personally, I, I like Patrick Nemeth a lot as a player. I like Patrick Nemeth even more as a person. Um, but he, for both the organization and for him, he needs to be traded like today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yesterday. So that's. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that as my bonus prediction for 2017. Everyone, uh, thank you for listening and, and enjoying this as it's made it to 2017. If you, uh, if, you have, if you have a better prediction, disagree with ours, think we're idiots, whatever, uh, feel free to comment. <laughs> feel free to comment, do all that stuff on iTunes or on Twitter or whatever. Everyone have a good one, and uh, we'll talk next week. Hey.